Okay, guys, uh, we're in lesson 14. We're going to look at Leviticus. We're going to look at 16 chapters today. Okay, now we're not going to read all 16. Okay, we might read a couple of portions, but we're going to basically kind of help you through Leviticus. Now, if you remember last week, I told you that Leviticus can be divided into two main sections. The first section is what we're going to look at today, which has to do with approaching God. Laws concerning approaching God that Israel was under, okay? And they still very much are under those laws even to this day. The second section has to do with practical holiness, okay? Practical holiness, and we're going to look at that next week. And then we're going to be done with Leviticus. We'll move on to, no, to Numbers, okay? So... What we're going to do is, is we will show you a way of how to read through Leviticus. We're going to divide it up into sections so that you understand what's going on. I'm just going to be very honest with you. When you read through this, there's a reason why it seems like a drudgery. The reason why it seems like a drudgery is it's, it's really a regimented system in which they had to live under. They had to live under a very regimented system. And the system, you would think, oh, well, it takes care of everything. You're going to see a little bit later, it doesn't take care of everything. It doesn't take care of all of the stuff that they're dealing with. So, for instance, we're going to see that, okay, everybody recognizes you sin, right? Okay, all right. Will everybody agree that you sin intentionally? That means on purpose, you sin, right? Okay. How many of you recognize that you sin unintentionally? You're not even aware that you're sinning, but you sin. Would everybody agree with that? Okay, all right. What you're going to find is, from what we're going to study today is, is that the Levitical system had sacrifices for your unintentional sins. Well, what about my intentional ones? There were no sacrifices for that. Wow. Now think about that. Process that. You're going to process that in your groups. But I want you to process that for a moment. That your unintentional sins, you know, do you know what I'm saying? That they weren't covered. Did you, did you understand? I mean, your intentional ones weren't covered. We're going to process that. All right, so let's look at it. The first section we're going to look at is laws concerning sacrifices. Now, a major portion of their life is that they had to make sacrifices for everything. Okay, so let me just stop for a moment. Now, do you understand, like, if you pay any attention to Israel or any attention to the Jews in Israel, and their one desire is, is to have the temple back. Everybody recognize that? They want the temple back, right? Okay. You understand why they want the temple back, when you, especially when you read this book, because their spiritual life is incomplete without the temple. Does everybody understand that? Their spiritual life is incomplete without the temple. We say, well, well you know, they can still do the sacrifices. No, no, because they can only do the sacrifices one place, right? Where could they do the sacrifices at? At the tabernacle or the temple, okay? 
So you're going to see when you read through this that there are these laws concerning sacrifices. So let's kind of talk with them. First of all, in verses in chapter one through verse one through chapter six, verse seven, we're going to see the sacrificial regulations for the people. So this section represents the sacrificial regulations for the people offering sacrifices. So this is basically, a little bit later, you're going to kind of basically see that this serves as the guidebook to how you are to make offerings and what offerings you are to make as a normal Israelite person, okay? This kind of lays it out for you. If you are a person, you can do this. You can offer a sheep. If you if you're a poor person, that you can still make a sacrifice, and it tells you what you can do as a poor person for a sacrifice because maybe you can't afford to buy a lamb or a bull, but you can afford maybe a turtle dove, okay, a bird. You know, so this this kind of gives you that. So let's go, let's kind of go through this together. So when you look at this section, we can divide it up into several sections of these regulations. First of all, there's the law of burnt offering. So if you were going to bring a burnt offering, that is a a cow or a sheep that was unblemished, and this and the law would specify what type and the purity of the animal. Okay. The burnt offering would be referenced in chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Chapter 2 talks about the law of grain offering. Okay, so let me just kind of remind you. Let's kind of go back for a moment. Does anybody remember that Cain, in the very beginning, his offering was rejected? Okay? Oftentimes you will hear people say, that the reason why his offering was rejected is because he didn't offer an animal sacrifice, but rather offered a grain offering. So therefore, it was rejected. Have you heard that statement before? Okay. Actually, if you look at the context of the scripture, that's not why his offering was rejected. His offering was rejected because his heart wasn't right. He didn't give it with a right heart. Because grain offerings aren't wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we see a law here concerning the Jews and how to make a grain offering. Okay? How to make a grain offering. So it's not that the grain offering is wrong. Here's a law for making a grain offering. Then you have... The law of fellowship offering, okay? Explains what a fellowship offering is in this passage. You have the law of fellowship offering. We see that in chapter 3. Chapter 4 is the law of sin offering, okay? So this is for your unintentional sins. Laws for your unintentional sins. And then... We see in chapter 5 the law of guilt offering. Now you say, what's the difference between sin and guilt offering? One of them had to do with financial. Are you ready for this? You had to make a sacrifice if you unintentionally sinned against someone financially. Wow. 
Do you know what I'm saying? That's, I mean, think about, whoa, you got to make an offering because you sinned against somebody financially, unintentionally, financially, unintentionally. Now, you see where the regulations are going into the very depths of their lives? I mean, we're not just talking about an offering for your sin. We're talking about an offering for if I accidentally do something wrong with, let's say, Rob here financially. Don't fulfill an obligation or something. That's interesting. I mean, that's... So when people say, I keep the law. You ever heard people say that? I keep the law. Really? Do you even know what's in it? Because as we get into it further, you're going to see, wow! Did you understand? But this is how the Jews regulated their lives. Now the sad thing is, is when you look at this, you're like, wow, are you kidding me? But they added to it. Isn't that the crazy thing? That's what legalism does. Legalism adds to it, right? They added to the laws. Okay? Like to even make it more stringent. Alright? So, we see this. Now, when we go on beyond chapter 6, verse 7, we're going to get into uh, sacrificial regulations for the priests. So there's, these are some additional regulations for the priests and how to handle these sacrifices. Okay? So, this section supplements... The laws of sacrifice and contains additional laws for the priests. So this section, you know, the other section was for the people when they should do it and what kind of offering to make and so forth. This section tells the priests what they're to do during that offering, okay? There's some regulations there for them during that offering. So let's talk about these for a moment. Uh, chapter 6, verses 8 through 13 are the priestly regulations for burnt offerings. Okay, so it's basically following the same format as the other offerings that were listed. Priestly regulations for the grain offering, verse 14 to 23. Priestly regulations for the sin offering, verse 24 to 30. Priestly regulations for the guilt offering, chapter 7, verse 1 to 6. Now, then there are these other offerings. There's these expatiary and dedicatory offerings, okay? Verses 7 through 10. And then priestly regulations for the fellowship offering, verses 11 through 21. Now, part of the regulations, part of the deal was is when they made a sacrifice, some of the regulations would tell the priest what they could keep from the sacrifice. So if you're bringing a bull, some of the regulations would tell them what cut of meat they could keep. Or if the animal is being cooked, that the priest who's doing it could eat that right there. Do you understand? Or even the grain offering, okay? Because that's how, because remember, they didn't have land. The Levites didn't have land. They served in the temple. So the temple had to provide for them. And where they would get their main provision from was from these sacrifices, okay? From these sacrifices. Now, there's some additional regulations we're going to see in chapter 7, verses 22 to 36. So, here we go. The first one is prohibition against eating fat or blood. They were not allowed to eat 
fat or blood. Now, how many of you really like your steak rare? You know, you like it, you, you, you're almost screaming when you put the fork in it, right? It's just kind of seared on the outside. Some of you are not like that. I've, I've met, I, I remember there are people who eat cannibal sandwiches. You ever had a cannibal sandwich? It's seasoned beef that hasn't been cooked and it's on two pieces of bread. Do you know what I'm saying? Ugh. Right? I, I even, I, I like everything kind of medium well, alright? Or burnt, alright? So, but these folks, you couldn't eat anything with blood in it. How about, how many of you like fat in your meat? You know? Okay, Sam and Bruce, okay. I had a grandmother, my German grandmother. She loved fat. One of our greatest stories of when she came to visit us, we were at Lori's parents' farm over near Smicksburg, and we went to one of the Smicksburg stores and got some bacon some really good bacon there, and we brought it, and Lori was saying to my grandmother, this is really good bacon. And she didn't speak any English, and she grabs a raw piece of bacon and eats it and says, oh, this is very good. You know, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but you couldn't, that's a Gentile thing to do, isn't it? Because a Jew should not eat anything with blood in it or should not eat what? Fat, okay? So let's go on. Verse Second thing there we see is in chapter 7, verse 28 to 34, is the priest's share of the fellowship offering. So it's telling from the fellowship offering what the priest could keep. In chapter 7, verse 35 to 36, we see the share of the priest's share of the offerings in general. Okay? The offerings in general. Now, then what we have then in Chapter 7 through verse 38 is a summary statement. These verses summarize the regulations presented in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 7, verse 36. So, so what you see is two verses that summarize everything that just went over in those verses, chapters 1 to 7. Okay? All right, so now this is where we may read some of the passages. We're going to talk about problems. Does anything exist without problems? Is there any organization that doesn't have any problems? I mean, some of you guys work for corporations. There are never any problems where you work, right? Right? Everything's perfect. We live in a perfect world with perfect humanity that knows how to deal perfectly with everyone, right? Is that your experience? No, you, there are problems. And so here we are. We have the tabernacle system with Levitical priests, sons of Aaron, and there's a problem. The problem is human beings. The problem is human beings because human beings sin, right? Human beings don't listen to instructions, do they? Have you noticed that? You used to think that's just a problem with kids, but even adults don't listen to instructions, right? You ever get something, you get it, you got to put it together, and there's the direction book, and you decide, ah, I don't need that, I can put it together myself. You put it together, and you got 15 pieces left out. We're like, where did that go? Where did those go, you know? It's because you didn't follow the directions. So let's take a look at this. We're going to look at the whole issue of their sin. Uh, first of all, we're going to see 
But before that, they're saying, we're going to see in chapters 8 that there was the ordination of Aaron and his sons. So they were ordained, set apart. Okay? So this section reflects the fulfillment of the instructions recorded in Exodus chapter 29. Remember in Exodus chapter 29, God gave Moses certain directions concerning the setting aside of Aaron and his sons to be priests and what should take place. So this section reflects what was recorded in Exodus 29. So let's take a look here. First of all, verses 1 to 4 is the preparation for the for the ordination service. Preparation for the ordination service. Verses 5 to 9, Aaron dressed with clo the clothing of the high priest. Verses 10 through 12, the anointing of Aaron and the tabernacle with oil. And remember, it was that special blend of oil that God wanted done. And then verse 13, we see Aaron's sons dressed with priestly clothing. In verses 14 to 29, we see the sacrifices for the consecration of the priest. Verse 30 is the consecration of Aaron and the priests. And then... God had them basically separate from everyone for a period of time. So they had to be confined, separated from people for a period of time. And we see that in verses 31 to 36. Okay? Now, we see in chapter 9 the commencement of the sacrificial system. So chapter 9 records people begin to start making their sacrifices. Okay? People begin to start making their sacrifices. So in verses 1 to 4, we see the prescription for the offerings of Aaron and the people. Verses 5 to 7, the preparation up for the offerings. Verses 8 through 14, Aaron's offerings. Verses 15 through 22, the offerings of the people. And then verses 23 to 24 shows the appearance of the divine glory. So they're doing this. They're making these sacrifices in accordance with God's word. And in the last part of chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, you're going to see that God shows up. The place is filled with the glory of God because they're making these sacrifices to him. Isn't that awesome? Okay. Now, here's the problem. Chapter 10 is where the problem shows up. Okay, so let me read to you chapter 10, a little bit from chapter 10. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, Leviticus chapter 10. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire. King James would say strange fire. NIV would say unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. All right, that's all I need to read. You see the problem? And you see what God did, right? So here are the two oldest sons of Aaron. And these two older sons are offering, they're in the Holy of Holies. 
Okay? They're in the most holy place. They're right before the veil. They're at the table of incense. And so they take a censer, which is a bowl, a metal bowl, and they put coals in it to light the incense that was to be given before the Lord. Now it says here in the passage that they offered strange fire. Now what does that mean? It means that in the process of doing this, they did something completely wrong. They either didn't use the right coals that came from the altar, or they used some different kind of incense. Whatever they did, they did was wrong. And God immediately, in his anger, sends down fire. Now this is in a tent. Sends down fire. Maybe it's fire out of what's happening there. And they are consumed. They're, they're destroyed. They're killed. Okay? They're not consumed completely because their bodies are there, but they're wiped out. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Because you and I would look at that and say, okay, what's the deal? I mean, it's still coals, and it's still incense. He's, they're doing their job. That's a little harsh, isn't it? Wouldn't you say that? It seems a little harsh, right? Okay, well, let's, let's kind of go through this because this communicates something to us about our God. Well, you know what, George? This isn't our God now. We're in the New Testament time. No, the Bible says the God is the same today and yesterday and forever. God is the same God. God hasn't changed in his anger towards sin. Now, he's offered a means for forgiveness, but he hasn't changed, okay? So I just want you to understand, this is how God takes sin seriously. So let's take a look at this, okay? So first of all, uh, let's see, I'm going too fast. Two of Aaron's son offered unauthorized fire before the Lord and were killed. So they were just flat out killed. Aaron and the remaining sons, if you read this passage, this will blow your mind, were commanded not to show signs of mourning. All right, hold on a second. How many of you are parents? Okay. How many of you are grandparents? All right. Would you say that if your child dies before you or your grandchild dies before you, would you say it would be very abnormal not to express any kind of grief and mourning? Would you say that's weird? That's not normal, right? If your child were to die before you, or your grandchild were to die before you, you would be filled with much grief and anguish, right? Am I correct in saying that? You'd have to be totally removed from your emotions. All right, so this is a normal, this, it's normal to grief, right? Aaron loses his two boys, his two oldest boys. God says to him, you're not to mourn them. Whoa. You're not to express any grief. Now, how they would express grief back then is they would tear their garments we express grief differently in our culture. There they would rip their clothes. Do you understand? Throw ashes on their head. 
Do you understand? And weep for a period of days. Some cultures still do that today in the Middle Eastern cultures. They would express grief very visibly. God says you can't do it. You can't mourn. Now, wow. That shows you a different side of the Lord and the seriousness he takes about profaning him. Do you understand? God's very serious about sin. So the Lord, though, he speaks directly to Aaron concerning, this is the only time recorded in the scripture that the Lord speaks directly to Aaron. Normally God speaks through who, folks? Moses. This is the first time the Lord speaks directly to Aaron, and he speaks to Aaron concerning the continuation of his role as the high priest. Because I could almost see where Aaron would, Aaron would say, well, I'm done with this. There's no, how can I be the high priest? God says, no, you're going to continue on. Okay? You're going to continue on. You're going to continue in this role. So the Lord prohibited priests from drinking if they were serving in the tabernacle. Now we see what might have been the issue. It's interesting, when you read this passage, you're like, well, why in the world would they do that? How, what, what's going on? Why would they do that? Well, then you see afterward, God says, no, no, nobody's to be drinking while they're serving in the tabernacle. Oh! So it's very possible that Moses, Aaron's sons, had a little too much to drink, and it affected their job performance, Right? Did you understand what I'm saying? It affected, and in this situation, you know, you've heard people like, you can't be drunk if you're working around heavy equipment because of what might happen. Hey, if you're working around God, did you understand what I'm saying? You don't want to do this, and they did. And so you see the prohibition here that the Lord prohibited the priests from drinking if they were serving in the tabernacle, Okay. They were serving in the tabernacle. Now, that's not the only problem that happens now. When you get to verses 16 through 20, Mo Moses is getting angry now. He's getting angry because of the burnt offering. Now, if you go back to the regulations of the burnt offering, when somebody made a burnt offering, the priest was to take a portion of that burnt offering and eat it. It would be cooked and eaten. Moses comes along and he sees... During this time period where the two boys are killed, that they just burnt the burnt offering completely and nobody ate it. And so Moses is upset that they're not following the regulation. Okay? So Moses is angered that the sin offering was completely burnt and not eaten. They were angry. He was angry, like, what are you, you guys, you should be eating this. So Aaron speaks up. Okay? Aaron speaks up, and Aaron says, gives an explanation. And Moses has accepted Aaron's explanation. And here it is. He accepted Aaron's explanation that they were afraid to eat the sin offering. Moses is like, okay, that's okay. You know why they were afraid to eat the sin offering, right? They just watched two of their brothers get killed because they did sin, Right? So now they're like, oh, are we even worthy to eat this sin offering? It's better for us just to burn it up rather than to maybe get ourselves killed. And so Moses is like, okay, that's a good explanation, but you can eat the sin offering. I accept your whatever right now. Do you understand? Okay? So 
we see that, chapter 10. Now, let's talk about chapters 11 through 15. These are the laws of uncleanness. Now, this is an interesting section if you want to read it, okay? These are the laws of the things that would make you unclean. Now, what does unclean have to do with? Well, if you were unclean, you could not be a part of the community of God's people. And you could not come and make worship or make come to the temple to worship. So basically, you were separating yourselves because of your uncleanness from the people. So there were four different areas here about things that would make you unclean. So the first one we see in chapter 11 has to do with food and animals. So there were certain foods that would make you unclean and certain animals that would make you unclean. Okay? So you could read that through there. What you would find is, how many of you like rabbit? How many like to eat rabbit? Oh, there's a few of you like read That would make you unclean. How many of you love lobster? Unclean. Unclean. How many of you like a good Italian sausage with onions and peppers? A few of you are honest, right? Unclean. Unclean, okay? Unclean. Just telling you. Childbirth makes you unclean. Childbirth. And it was a period of time of being unclean. And there were certain things that has to be, had to be done in sacrifice to be clean again. You'll see that in chapter 12. Infectious skin diseases and mildew. Got a mildew problem in the house? Hopefully not. If you do, you're unclean. Your house is unclean. I mean, and in fact, the laws would even tell you that once you got rid of the mold in your house, you were to bring the priest to inspect your house. How would you like to have your priest come and inspect your bathroom? You know, you know what I'm saying? That's what's going on here. And then you have to make a sacrifice. Infectious skin diseases. Now, we often hear in terms of leprosy, we think in terms of Hansen's disease, where body parts, parts are falling off. That's not, this leprosy that's spoken of here in Leviticus is actually a lot more broader than that. How many of you have ever had a rash? You ever had a rash? Okay. That is leprosy, according to Levitical law. A, a skin disease. A skin problem. Levitical. You understand? You would be unclean. Verses, chapter 15, human discharges. You ever have anything ooze out of you? You know, a cut or anything? That would be a discharge. Okay? Pink eye. Ever had pink eye? Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Something pussy. The human discharge. That would make you unclean clean okay now let's go on then chapter 16 talks about the day of atonement you probably have heard of that young kapoor that is where the where the high priest would go and they would make sacrifice for the sins of israel okay and it's a big elaborate process there and we see the preparation for the day of atonement chapter 16 verses 1 to 10 purification offerings we see that in chapter 16 verses 11 through 19 the scapegoat, 
That's where they would take a goat, lay the sins of the people, and send it out of the camp. That's in verses 20 to 22. Then we see the cleansings. We see in verses 23 to 28. And then the Day of Atonement was to be an annual ceremony. We see that being regulated there in verses 29 to 34. Okay? So that's that first part of Leviticus, okay? Wow, that's the first broad overview there, right? 